And welcome to Strategic Insight Radio brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. If your dream is to start a business or nonprofit or to grow your existing enterprise, Sterling Rose Corp. is ready to help you make it happen. Our business, marketing, and technology consulting services get you started with financial projections and business planning, developing marketing plans and impl- implementing them, growing your market through branding, website development, and social media management, increasing productivity with process improvement and automation, and selecting and using the right technology with our business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. I'm Dave Wilkins, Chief Operating Officer of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. And my guest today is Mike Sumter of Zyety Corporation. And he is, uh, in, interest, in the interest of full disclosure, Mike is also a client and uh, actually probably went through a lot of those steps uh, that, that I just described. So uh, it's been, uh, it's been a, a real interesting journey in, uh, in his first year. And that's what we're going to talk about today is all about Mike and Zayedi and what he does. So great, Mike. It's a real pleasure having you and welcome to the yeah. show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great. A uh, real, real uh, honor to be a part of this. Super. And Mike has been in technology for over 22 years. That's almost about a th- two-thirds of my time, so <laughs> you're getting there. Uh, <laughs> as a technician, engineer, technology director for K-12 through school corporations. He grew up in a home of educators. Both his parents were teachers. His mother taught elementary education for over 25 years. And his father was a seventh grade science teacher for 47 years. I bet you made, made, they made sure you got all your homework done, huh? Uh. Yeah, I tell you what, on senior skip day, I had to go to school. You know, that's, that's the problem, right? Yeah, they know. So, they know all yeah. the tricks. Um, early in his career, he was a, a computer technician at Plymouth Community School Corporation, after which he started a software training company for K-12 school districts in Indiana which then led him to wanting to be a technology director in a school district, which he had always been his dream. In 2001, he became one of the youngest technology directors in the area at Union North United School Corporation. And during his 10 and a half years at Union North, uh, they adopted an early, they were an early adopter of the one-on-one initiative in Indiana, which we'll go in to talk more about that when we get started here. Uh, after being at North Union, then he joined an Indiana company called Five Star Technology Solutions, where he was a, he basically provides services to 11 of the school districts as their technology director, mentoring or technology services. And he played a critical role in assisting eight very unique one-on-one environments, which provided Mike with a multifaceted approach to developing these one-on-one implementations. And this led him to starting his own company, Zyety. Through Zyety, he provides districts throughout the United States, virtual technology officers, or VCTO, for K-12 schools. And it has been through Zyety that has been able to reach out and assist all districts with their technology and one-on-one needs and assessments. So again, welcome, Mike. Thank you. And let's get started with... Let's go into the details of why you started Zyety. Well, you know, through the years, you know, it's been uh, being a part of kids and seeing their development and working with staff and, and students. I don't know. I just always had a, 
had this desire to really be a, a major player in their development. And uh, through the experiences that I've had, it's just led me to wanting to really dive in and create something that is more than just in one district. I want to be able to reach out and help multiple districts, help multiple students and teachers and uh, leadership to, to really, really impact technology in a way that's, you know, not only dynamic, but yet at the same time, long lasting. And I believe Zyadi is one of the, we are that company that we can make those changes and we can certainly help staff do more, be more, and, and absolutely impact student lives and achievement. Great. Now, what is the, the one-on-one and how does it work in, in Indiana? Yeah, one-to-one is, uh, Indiana is one of the early adopters of, of the concept of one-to-one learning. And, and what it is, is every student has a device, whether it's an iPad, a Chromebook, a MacBook, every student has a device. And, and it's like a personalized learning type of environment for that student. And the teachers use different concepts like a flipped classroom where the teachers can develop their own curriculum and then it's delivered through a learning management system that the students would log into and then, excuse me, have access to. And the, the kids are you know, always constantly researching and using a, a laptop or a device if you will, to, uh, to learn at their own pace or to, to be a part of a, a learning ecosystem. I guess that just basically blew away the whole concept of snow days, huh? Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> actually, that's right. One of the best things that, that schools, you know, schools struggle for years with snow days, especially right. up here in northern Indiana. You know, what do we do on a snow day? We lose all those days, which could be weeks. And the one-to-one initiative in Indiana, it eliminates that. So now students will be at home, teachers will be at home along with students, and they will be able to have class while they're at home. So the learning management systems, whatever that is that each school adopts, those systems now really kick in during a snow day, you know, so, and it makes it really nice for teachers and students, you, you never miss a beat. And, and it makes it really, really nice for those, for those schools that, that have adopted a one-to-one initiative. And I imagine it opens up a lot of interesting opportunities as for uh, expanded um, exploration and uh, investigation and, and, and research uh, on the part of both the uh, students as well as the teachers. It does. It does. Absolutely it does. It, it opens up a lot of doors, you know, that, that weren't really there for us growing up, you know, and, and it, it presents a lot of opportunity in many ways, and it, and it does create a lot of uh, oh, it creates a lot of other things that we didn't have to worry about either. So, like digital citizenship now, you know, with social media, you mm-hmm. know, that now is is now right in the middle of the lens uh, for schools. So, just because you do a one-to-one initiative, you now have to also teach digital citizenship also. So that becomes a priority in that process also. Sure. Now, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced or the, the districts since, uh, have faced in developing plans for uh, the one-on-one deployment? Yeah, they, of course, everybody wants to go to finances first, right? And, and it could be, finances is always going to be a part of it. 
there are some districts that will have the funds to do it. You know, you think the larger ones have the funds, but sometimes they don't, and and that's a problem. But really, the biggest issue is you know preparing your teachers and having an infrastructure that's ready to to be able to handle that, and and working with your families in the community to make sure that they can utilize the device at home also. So there's there's many different things before you even buy a device that have to be uh, taken care of first. And, and of course, if the teachers aren't ready, if the teachers aren't ready to be able to think about a flipped classroom or incorporate a an LMS or a learning management system that can deliver the, the curriculum to the students, you know, it, it's it, the device really, in essence, becomes a just a, a really kind of like a babysitter, you know, in some ways, you know, and, and it, uh, and it really kind of hurt the process, but definitely prepping your teachers. Uh, number one, getting your infrastructure for sure is number two. And then the last one is, is purchasing a device that's going to be flexible and meet the needs of, of the district as you roll it out to yes. your faculty and your staff. Yeah. So what you're really, what you're really talking about is you really have to have a very well-defined strategy for, right. for just one starting to introduce the concept and then mm -hmm. going all through all the various steps that are really the prerequisites before you ever get to a point where yeah where you where you've actually yeah. got the where the student actually is handed the device and say go forth and learn right right and you just don't wake up one day and say i'm going to do a one-to-one -one, right um, it's it's kind of like an accounting system in your world. I mean, if one day you, you just don't wake up one day and say, David, we're getting rid of everything and we're going a different way. You just don't do that. Right. And the districts, yeah, and it, the districts that wake up one day and they say, we're going to do one-to-one -one and we're going to have it done in two months and we're going to take off and go, those are the districts that really struggle because, you know, looking at a one-to-one -one initiative, if you're doing it because you want to compete with with the neighboring district, that's not the right reason. And, and it's the success rate won't be as high. And if anything, it'll be very, very low. And the, the investment that the district would be making into that one-to-one -one initiative would be uh, not nearly as fruitful. So, you know, definitely looking at, you know, definitely looking at your strategy and laying it out becomes really important. Uh, one of my, the previous district I was in at Union North, we, the superintendent came to me and said, we're going to do a one-to-one -one and you got two and a half months to make it work. Ooh. And so, yeah, that was, yeah, that was really, really a challenge. And the reason that he wanted that was because Plymouth Community Schools, uh, consequently, they were re they were going to be an early adopter, so they were, were one of the first schools in the state to say, "Yep, we're one to one. Devices are going out next year." And so, that was our neighboring competition. And our superintendent knew that if if we didn't release something at the same time, we would lose students. And and he saw it as a competition. And so, we went down the road of putting in a one to one, without you know all of the PD necessary. We were fortunate to have an infrastructure that was that was somewhat there, and so there was little little work that needed to be done there. But our teachers really we we didn't do enough for our teachers. Now since then they've really done really well, and and they're in their second refresh already, and they have maintained the system and they're still doing really really well. 
and have grown a lot since then, but you just don't wake up one day and say, we're doing one-to-one. It was, it was a lot of late nights, a lot of lates in the late nights. So it's, yeah, definitely strategy is important. It's usually a three-year process. Okay. You know, three years is what you need to lay it out. You know, your first year is, is basically your teacher PD and infrastructure is your main focus. Mm-hmm. In year two, you would then be focusing all on PD with your staff. Now PD and year is three. I'm sorry, PD professional development. Professional development. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, for your teachers, right? And and the professional development could include a number of different things. It could be uh, the learning management system. You know, it could be how to use your student information system along with your, you know, how do you in- incorporate your student information system into a one-to-one? And, uh, and it could be training on some of the software, Google Docs, Google, Google Sheets, the Google Suite. You know, maybe we got to train teachers on how to better utilize that in, in years one and two. And then year three is when you actually purchase the devices. And, and during that year three, during that time, you're going to buy a device for all the teachers first, let them get used to that device, and then you roll the devices out at the beginning of that next school year for the kids. And, and that's usually the, th- you know, the rule of thumb is three years. Some districts have gone four years and have extended that professional development. And as a company, one thing that we do when we do work with schools and school districts, we want to do like an assessment of their staff. You know, where are they? You know, where, where are your staff? You know, what are their skill levels? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do they currently incorporate technology into their rooms? And, and when we get that data, we can better assist the superintendent, the principals, you know, the direction of the program, because now we know where we are and now we can set up a three-year plan or a four-year plan that, that will really be good for staff because when you roll out a device in that year three or year four, if it doesn't go well for staff, that is something that seems to always linger for them, you know, and we don't want that. We want it to be really positive because after all, the, the school is investing sometimes millions of dollars into their, their one-to-one initiative. And that's a lot of money. That, oh, for that sure. Investing. Yeah, especially yeah, for school districts. Right. Good. Now, right. What, um, why would a, a, a district uh, be considering uh, one-on-one or personalized training mm-hmm. initi- or learning initiatives? Besides right. obviously eliminating the, the, the snow days. <laughs> that's good but but for yeah. for somebody for a school district say in in south florida where obviously uh that's not as much of an issue although maybe hurricanes instead but that you know there's there I mean, weather's <laughs> always an issue someplace right, right. but besides no, weather absolutely. besides weather what would be some of the reasons <laughs> right um well you know number one i i think it really comes down to to the, the demographics of your students you know and, and the achievement of those students uh, I've had the liberty of being in a couple districts where uh, the, that question was raised. You know, they, they, feel, they felt like, you know, we're doing really well with what we have with the, the traditional learning, you know, methods. And all of our neighboring districts are doing one-to-ones, but we're not. But we really like our results. And, and the question is for us, why would we want to continue? So well, we just 
we sit down and, and we'll work with those districts. And, and what's really interesting, it usually comes down to the teachers. You know, it, it really comes down to the type of learning strategies that teachers want uh, to, to invest into their classrooms and whatever those strategies are. And uh, most teachers, the younger teachers, nothing against the veteran teachers because, you know, they are very, very, very needed, very much needed. But a lot of the, the younger teachers, they, they just are device oriented. Sure. And they, they feel like they can teach more effectively through a device or through a, a learning management system or, or they can create their own curriculum. And, and let's face it, California, they have open curriculum. So anybody can contribute to uh, social studies and they build lessons. And, and these digital uh, textbooks, if you will, are available free of charge to anyone in the United States. And, and so with that being a part of the, the you know, part of the, the world and it being online, how can we get that? How can we deliver that information to students faster? And so that's where the one-to-one kind of really takes over. And, um, and I think that it really comes down to your staff. I mean, if, if a superintendent wants to be, wants to do a one-to-one initiative, that's great. But if he doesn't have the support of the staff, it just isn't going to be as effective, you know, when you invest that money. Right. That's true. And, and for our listening audience, I'm sure they've heard many, many times how important it is to, just to make sure from a leader's perspective is that, that they have that buy-in from their, uh, right. from their staff before they, before they embark on any, any new initiative. Mm-hmm. Is there? Yeah, there's. there's... <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, there's been a couple districts that that uh, that I have I didn't work with directly, but there were a couple districts where the superintendent purchased devices and moved forward with the intent of doing a one-to-one, and they did. And in the end, it, it just the staff, it, the device just becomes a toy. You know what I mean? Yep. Or a, just another device. And the the whole concept of being at school is kind of lost because we bought a device. And, and that's where the school boards and the superintendents and everybody, they all have to be on the same page of what that investment is. Um, now, the, the, the one district that I did work with or was aware of, excuse me, you know, they did recover, you know, in, in years two, three and four, they were able to, you know, get the necessary PD to the staff. They were able to work with staff to get things changed. But that's now a five or six year plan as opposed to a three to four year plan. Right. And probably so your investment yeah. is going to be longer. Yeah. Right? And probably a lot more expensive as well. It is. It is. That's exactly right. Yeah. So let's, let, let's shift a little bit now and talk more about uh, Zyde in general and how mm-hmm. you, uh, how you work with the districts with your, with the technology services and, and describing a little bit about the concept of the virtual CIO. Sure. And the, the concept that of the virtual CIO for districts that are smaller, uh, the design was that, that schools, you know, they can't afford a lot of the resources that the larger districts can have. And so my target with Zyde is to help schools that are between, you know, maybe 35, 3,800 kids or less. You know, that's our sweet spot. And what we do, the concept is, how can we gather or work with districts, you know, three or four together in an area? How can we combine those services 
and uh, or combine those districts, excuse me, and offer one service to all those schools and, and help save them money, yet at the same time deliver high-end results. And when I'm in my previous position at Five Star, uh, that's what I did. And it, within those eight districts, I was able to be their virtual tech director. And it was an awesome, awesome, very powerful thing for our districts. The, the budgets were tight. Those schools were able to, uh, when you combine the, the districts into one, they were able to afford high-level people and, and get double the results. And so with Zyde, I wanted to do the same thing from a leadership perspective. And I wanted to come in and, and work with those districts that, that, you know what, their budgets are already tight. But at the same time, if we can you know, partner up and create like a co-op or something, you know, now we can really, everybody in my company now is, is a part of the solution. And so when you get us, you're not just getting a, v, you know, a virtual tech director, but you're getting a curriculum person. You're also going to get a superintendent and you're also going to get the experience of, you know, the, the technology initiatives throughout the states that you're in or a one-to-one -one initiative. So anxiety is, um, anxiety is definitely one of those, you know, new pro new companies that I, I've thoroughly enjoyed in, in developing the programs to assist those districts that, may not be as fortunate as the larger ones. Okay. Now, you know, one of the things that, that, that you were talking about, and, 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 and I actually use the term uh, virtual CIO versus virtual CTO. Uh -huh. Do you differentiate CTO. between the two? Because there's, um, there's a lot yeah. of debate goes back and forth on uh, CIO versus CTO. Yeah, we, that's a, yeah, we've been going back and forth with that, too, and... And one of our partners that we're looking at signing up with here in the next week or so, they, they found it challenging also to know the difference. And the virtual CIO is purely information. So they are the type that, that, that position is always providing statistics, you know, to the leadership. And whether it's through tickets, you know, how fast tickets are closed, you know, what's the percent of of tickets closed to those that are not, you know, how fast do we get to those? It's almost like the anal analytics of education. Okay. And while the v the virtual CTO is literally the tech director where decisions are made and, and our partner, they uh, or hopefully soon to be our partner. Um, they are looking for us to be not only the director, but then also to, to also provide those, those analytics. And, uh, and it's been a, it's a bold new world um, in meeting with, with them. And, and we're really excited because it's, it's kind of like the analytic in baseball. And this is the difference between the VCIO, the virtual uh, chief information officer, and the virtual uh, chief technology officer. It's like a combination of both. But there's the analytic in baseball where it, it says that David is really great at first base uh, at 7 o'clock playing against the Cincinnati Reds in Atlanta. And, and then where Mike, you know, he's better playing in the afternoon against Cincinnati. And, and his statistic is shows that he's better at first base. And, um, and so we are in, in the middle of developing these analytics for technology departments and for schools. And, and so that's where the VCIO comes in. They're the analytical side. 
and the virtual technology officer is more the technical stuff. So we're trying to balance a very fine line, right, of doing mm-hmm. both. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it is very it is it is a fine line, but I do believe that we need to provide both, and and that's you know. Okay. Good. Now, besides money. And and obviously the the the, the you know the skill sets uh, for teachers that you as you were just mentioning a few minutes ago. What are some of the biggest challenges that are the most most common to education as far as technology is concerned? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, personnel for an, for an example, some technology departments they just they don't have the support pieces in place sometimes. And that makes it kind of difficult. So uh, some of the, the departments that we've come into, they may have only one or two staff. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's a district that's only maybe 1,100 kids, they might have a tech director and a technician. Well, if you're doing a one-to-one deployment and, and you're wanting to do, I don't know, MacBooks and, or a Windows laptop of some sort, you know, you're going to need a lot more support staff than that. And the other piece that probably is – well, the other piece that's really missed on missed out on is the repair of those devices. So a lot of people, a lot of the the, the schools that we talk to, you know, yeah, we want to do a one to one, but and we got the money for it, but they forget about the repair costs. And when, when what do you do when damages happen? How does that look? You know, uh, do we pass it on to the parents? You know, how do we pass it on to the parents? You know, why do we pass it on to the parents? You know, there's a lot of those in the weeds questions. So I, I would say that the support of the of the department, the technology department initially, that's that's something of, uh, you have to look at. But more importantly than that, I, it's going to be the repair of those devices because let's face it, time is money. Oh, right? yeah. And so if a technician has got a list of 10 things to do for the day, how is he going to repair 15 devices that have broken screens on the same day? Right. Know, that just becomes a real, real problem. Yeah, and just knowing, so, in, knowing in advance that you've got to have X number of extra right. devices hanging around the, the school so mm-hmm. that you can get them to students when, right. when something goes wrong. Now, right, right. What's, what is, what's the value proposition? You know, a sense of, of saying you're 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 talking to a school district, especially you know you say the the the, the smaller, medium sized school districts that just don't have mm-hmm. the resources for the for the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's how do how how do you how do you provide real value to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that goes back to the way that I design society. We have uh, we have a curriculum person on is one of my board members. We have, we have a teacher that's one of my board members, superintendent that'll, that'll be one of my board members and a, uh, a former uh, education uh, executive. That's one of my board members. So the value that we can bring is all of us. So when we, when a school district signs a contract with us, they aren't getting just me or a director. They're going to get all of us. And, and the value add there is that they not only get all of us, but the value add is going to be all the partners that we get that we can offer as well that, that comes to the table. So to kind of go back to the repairs, you know, the previous question, uh-huh. when, you know, how does the district protect the investment that they make into their device? Well, one of our partners that we have, they actually provide the, the program in which the 
the device has an extended warranty on it and they will repair that device for the term of the, the time they have the device, which could be three years, four years. And, and in working with them, we, and this is Zaidi, myself, we then work with the Department of Education in that particular state, and we can come back and put in a repair class into the, the school system, into the high school, and the students can actually learn what it's like to be a part of a service team, and they get to repair the devices. And so the three of us, the partner, myself, and the students, uh, we all are a part of this team where now the students not only get their certifications, but when they leave high school, they leave valued when they leave high school. And a student now, if he's going into college for that summer, he instead of, and not, not that it's a bad thing, but instead of getting or working in the fields or, or, you know, working factory work or something to that nature, he can be more focused with his career. So now he can work for an IT company during the summer and get real world experience. And, um, and, and, and that's the value add that we can bring those partnerships and how we can help be the glue that brings it all together, you know, keeps it together too. keeps it sustained. Great. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great way to get, uh, you know, a, again, building that experience, getting the students involved in, uh, in learning right. some real life, real life, um, practical experience is, is always good to have. Right. Yeah, and one of the things that we've had problems, you know, students, it seems like, you know, we did a survey with the, one of the, the clients that we have right now. We did a survey of the kids to see where they wanted to go. And, and it, was, it was really strange. There, there was maybe 20% of the kids, they knew what they wanted to do. And the others were just, well, I'm trying to figure it out still. And, and the kids that we surveyed were high school, freshmen through seniors. And so this year, this past summer, we created a summer technician program. And, and the kids would come in during the summer, any days they wanted. And then they assisted us with developing our one-to-one plans, getting devices mm. ready, and then um, actually coming back and and working on our network and learning how to do certain things. And, and those kids of the, we had nine students and of those nine, eight of them have now developed a desire to go on to college for computer engineering. Hey, and, very good. and yeah, that's, that's the whole idea, right? You know, to, to give kids a chance to choose what direction to go. And, and we had, uh, you know, a few that didn't, and that's great. That's the whole point. So yeah, help it working with those kids, you know, that's that's the piece. You know, how can we help those kids to be more focused and figure out what they want? You know, that's that's been really that's really awesome to watch. Oh yeah. And and you know, it well, it's really is an internship program and and I think that that's, it is. It, that's and correct. we've had discussions on those on, on other programs but how how valuable internship programs can be to both the um the employer, as it were, and the uh, and the interns, the students, uh, they both they both get some right. great experience out of it. Where do you see technology, particularly in, in education, going in the next five years? That's a great question. Uh, it's it's changing for sure. We are seeing the, the, what we are starting to see more and more. The idea that corporations 
invest more money into technology, we're starting to see a shift uh, from that. It's like right now we're in a holding pattern, it seems like, where school districts are no more, you know, budgets are tighter than ever before. Right. And, and right now they are re, leadership is reanalyzing where am I investing my money or where am I investing my funds and what is my return on that investment? And that's why we are really interested in the analytics. And um, because those analytics will show us where staff is, where the district is. And I really believe that we are in the early stages of seeing the analytic of schools and technology starting to become more important than ever before. Everything is on a mobile device. Mm-hmm. Students are connected more than ever before, right? I mean, it doesn't take long to know that, that someone made a poor, de- poor decision somewhere, right? I mean, it's, it's tweeted out to 50,000 people within a millisecond. And, um, and you know, that's, it just doesn't take long. And I think that as students, as kids start to be around that device more and more, we, we tend to lose out on that personal touch, you know, and so that's where the digital citizenship has to come in. But but I think that we're starting to see a real shift in the sense of what is that device used for that my child has and how are they using it? Those I think are questions that are right now starting to appear. And from a one-to-one initiative, those are great questions because those are things that need to be asked in the beginning. Otherwise the student or the, the, uh, the, child will be glued to that device always and we lose out on some other areas but but working with staff and people we can overcome that so i think it's going to become more mobile i really do believe it's going to be more mobile the days of laptops are i mean laptops are starting to become chromebooks right right or an ipad you know i mean it's just change i mean heavens we got new watches now watches we can call people from our watch i mean dick tracy is back right exactly you know, i mean it's Oh yeah, I mean it's it's just one of those things that's really really been interesting, but it's definitely a mobile world, and I think it's only going to get more mobile. And uh, we want information to kids sooner. We don't want to wait for it. We want to get them going faster. But I think it needs to be a balancing act. Also, districts are going to want those analytics. They want to know the impact. What is the impact of technology on that student? Is it positive, negative, and and what can I do with those results to make it better? or improve. Right. Great. Now, Mike, how how can somebody get a hold of you to learn more about uh, you and Zyde? Yeah, I have, uh, we have a website, you know, which, you know, we have our website at www.zyitexyity.com. And you can also reach me at 574-274-3236. And then also on top of that, you know, my email address is mike.sumter at zyety.com. And you can reach me any of those. And on my website, our, our website, you know, my contact, our contact info is there. And uh, anybody can reach me there. Uh, we also have um, other services there on Facebook and, and uh, Twitter. And then LinkedIn, of course, is LinkedIn has been fan- fantastic for us as well. A lot of great connections there as well. Great. 
And just to just to repeat for everybody, Xiety is spelled X Y I T Y. Great. Well, thank you, Mike. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show, and it's also been very exciting to watch uh, watch Xiety grow uh, since we since we first got started with you. This has been. No, it's stu- been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. This has been Strategic Insights Radio on Business Radio X. To find out more about Zaidi or Sterling Rose Consulting Corp., you can contact Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. at 678-996-1312 or visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. Until our next show, this is Dave Wilkins. Take care. Bye.